Kamakura Buddha is in Japan. Four-faced Buddha is in Thailand. Bangin Buddha sign Afghanistan. Where is the hidden Buddha? Where is he? In the time of the Buddha, hundreds and thousands of people came across the Buddha face to face. But not many people saw the real Buddha. 2,500 years back, he passed away into final Nibbana. Today, in modern society, some of the people still claim that they can see the Buddha. So who is this Buddha? Where is he? Where is this hidden Buddha? If I were to give you the answer now, I have to end the talk here and now. And you have to go home. So we will spend a little bit of time to beat around the bush, not to give the direct answer. Now, it's a good question to ask, who is the Buddha? If you ask, the question, who is the Buddha, there might be many answers people will give to you. Some people believe that the Buddha is a god or messenger of a god or a son of a god. However, this answer Oh, this cannot be testified or supported by the Buddha's teaching. Especially Hinduism. In Hinduism, our Hindu friends, they believe Buddha is the incarnation of the God Vishnu. In famous sacred book, Bhagavad Gita. They say, Paritranaya sadhuna vinasayate duskrutam dharmasastra panartaya sambhavami yuge yuge. The God Vishnu from time to time appear on the, on the earth among the humankind for these two reasons. To destroy the wicked ones and establish the righteousness among the human beings. So the God Vishnu appear on the earth from time to time to destroy the evil and establish the righteousness among the human beings. And they said, the Buddha is the ninth avatar, ninth incarnation. So according to this belief, the Buddha is the incarnation of the God Vishnu. But we can see in the suttas, 
when people ask whether he is a god, he plainly rejected it. You can refer the famous the discourse Dona Sutta in Anguttar Nikaya. We have this incident. One day, Buddha was walking from Ukkata to Setanya. These are two cities. Between these two cities on the road, he was walking along. Then Brahmin Dona also happened to be on that day follow the same direction, follow the same road. And he happened to see the footprints of the Buddha on the sand. Not like today, the roads are not covered. So it's sandy roads. So you can see the foot marks. Having seen the foot marks of the Buddha, this Brahmini started to think, this cannot be the foot mark of a human being because there are some special marks on these footprints. Definitely this must be someone who is extraordinary, maybe not a human being. Then he started to follow the footmarks. Meanwhile, the Buddha left the road and he sat under a tree and uh, when he was sitting under this tree, Brahmin followed the footmarks and uh, came to the Buddha and happened to see Buddha in, in his perfect calm, peaceful appearance, majestic looking, so calm, serene, peaceful, inspiring confidence. Then he this Brahmin respectfully reached to the Buddha and asked this question. Lord, Prabhadamsa, are you a god? Are you a deva? The word deva means the god. Are you a god? The Buddha said, no, I'm not a god. Then the second question he asked, in that case, are you a Gandhava? The word Gandhava is mean a celestial being, those uh, celestial beings who are fond of music and sensual pleasure. So he asked, are you a Gandhava, such kind of being? Then Buddha said, no, I'm not a Gandhava too. Then he thought for a while and asked, in that case, are you a Yaka? The word Yaka is devil. Then are you a devil? Then Buddha said, no, I'm not a devil too. Then, final question he asked, then are you a human being? Buddha said, no, I'm not a human being too. Then this man asked, then who are you? <laughs> then Buddha said, I'm the Buddha. Then he explained why he is not a god, or Gandhava, a celestial musician, or a devil, or a human being. He said, those defilements that can be found in a god has been uprooted by me. The gods have got 
greed, hatred, delusion. That's why gods can punish, create tornado, create many other disasters because they have anger, they have hatred, they have envy, they have defilement. So Buddha said, I have uprooted them. So you cannot call me a deva. And those defilements which are found in a Gandhava or in a devil or in a human being, all these defilements are uprooted by me. Human beings, we have what? Hatred, ill will, jealousy, anger, cruelty, resentment, excessive greed, desire, many other such defilements. All these defilements are uprooted perfectly, permanently, irreversibly, and completely, 100%. So, he is the Buddha. The Buddha said, because of these reasons, there's no any other term that you can call me other than the Buddha. Awaken the one. And then he gave another simile. Like a red, blue or white lotus, born in the water, in the mud, come out from the mud, and then bloom into a beautiful lotus flower and remain in the mud without getting swelled with muddy water. So am I, born among the human beings, but come out from the human defilement, having uprooted things, and I remain in human world, among the human being, like a lotus flower. So the Buddha is here, means awakened one, enlightened one, one who uprooted all the defilements, and completely pure one. So we cannot call him a God, or a ordinary human being, or any other types. But of course, Buddha is a human being. Not a God or messenger of a God, but not an ordinary human being. He's an Acharya Buddhism, a wonderful type of human being, a marvelous type of human being, a unique type of human being. Buddhas are unique, they do not appear on the earth often, but they appear after a very, very long time. Appearance of the Buddha is the appearance of great wisdom. And they are the unique beings who discover the path to enlightenment. Not anyone else. Only a human being will become a Buddha. Now it is said that the Buddha was having 32 special physical marks. Now the question arises. If it is the case, if we come across the Buddha face to face, can't we recognize this person as the Buddha? It is difficult to say. Why? Because there were incidents when we go through the text we come across that there were still people who came to face to face by the Buddha, but they did not recognize the Buddha. According to ancient Brahmanism and Hindu scriptures and many other uh, 
the ways of recognizing the special characteristic of people in Vedas, they came across the 32 special marks of a great human being. This is called Anga Lakkana Vidya, 2500 years back. Today, this science is called Pisionomi. Pisionomi. A few centuries back, also this subject was studied, and uh, some of the people used this uh, science to recognize the different characteristics of human beings. Well, this is an ancient form of science, a physiognomy. According to ancient physiognomy, the Prince Siddhartha was having 32 special marks in his body, and he had two destinies either to become a great monarch who conquered a great part of the earth and rule in a righteous way, what we call righteous king, uh, ruler, or if that person were to renounce the day life and will become a supremely enlightened one, Buddha, the Buddha. Now, having seen these special marks alone, it is impossible for us to recognize the Buddha. This incident happened. There was a beautiful lady whose name was Magandhya. She was so beautiful, so pretty, and uh, parents had a difficult time of finding a suitable man for her. Each and every time parents suggested a man, she refused, saying that man is not handsome enough. One day, father of this beautiful lady, a Brahmin, suddenly came across the Buddha and thought this is the ideal man. He looks so handsome and he looks so nice. So he asked the Buddha to remain on this spot and said, I have a beautiful daughter that I think you are the suitable person to marry. And then, the, what, then he asked the Buddha to remain that place and went on to bring the daughter. What did the Buddha do? Buddha put his footmark on the sand and left the road and sat under a tree. Now, his father went home together with his wife and the daughter. Three of them came to the place where the Buddha was. And then they could not find the Buddha, but they could see the footprint of the Buddha. The wife of this Brahmin was someone who studied this ancient subject called physiognomy. And she examined the footprint of the Buddha and she said these words, this man is not interested in sensual pleasure. This man cannot be ordinary human being. But anyway, they still wanted to give a try. So they went to the Buddha and made the marriage proposal. What did the Buddha do? Buddha noticed this couple, Brahmin and his wife, has got matured, uh, matured intellectual and spiritual capacity to realize enlightenment. So focusing husband and wife 
he started to give a Dharma talk. And in this talk, he also talked about the impure nature of the body. He simply said, beauty is only skin deep. Beyond this beauty, there is a lot of repulsive, ugly nature of the body. So, when he gave the talk, mother and father of this beautiful girl, and they attained the first stage of enlightenment, but this beautiful girl could not understand what Buddha said, and she started to have grudges against the Buddha. Later on, she was married to a king, and she used the royal power to abuse the Buddha. That was the different part of the story, but it is not relevant here. Those of you who are interested can read this story. Later on, she used the royal power to take revenge from the Buddha later stage. Anyway, here, the, here what is important for us, this lady who has got such a knowledge about the physiognomy, she still could not understand it is the Buddha, but recognized it's a special person, not an ordinary human being. There's another important discourse, very interesting discourse, Dhatu Vibhanga Sutta. In this discourse, we come across an incident about a, a king who renounced the lay life in the name of the Buddha. This king, Kukkusati, was a rural king. And uh, he heard about the Buddha and his Dhamma, and he was so convinced that he wanted to follow the path of the Buddha. So what did he do? He handed over his kingdom to the other people, and he cut off his hair and shaved his beard and put on the yellow robes. And he, came, he became a monk himself in the name of the Buddha. But he, he has never seen the Buddha. He has only heard about the Buddha and his teaching. But he was so convinced that it is the teaching that he wanted to follow. Now, after becoming a monk, he was walking from his kingdom to the capital city of Rajgir. And he came to the capital city of Rajgir, and it was almost evening time. So he went to the potter's shed, and he stayed in the shelter of the potter. Buddha too, on that day, uh, having gone to Rajgir, and while uh, uh, walking around, came to the potter's shed, and it was evening, and the Buddha also went to the potter and asked, uh, friend, do you mind if I were to stay tonight in this uh, shed? Then the potter said, I don't mind, but there is another monk. You may go and ask the other monk. If that monk is alright with you, then you can stay. So Buddha went to that Kukusati monk and asked, do you mind if I were to stay here? So Kukusati said, no, I don't mind. Please stay with me. So this Kukusati, who became a monk in the name of the Buddha, and Buddha himself, they stayed in the same room. So at night, not like today, there's no light. So there's a candlelight. And while they were in the room, they started to have a dialogue. And Buddha asked about Kukusati, 
And uh, why did you become a monk? You look still very young. And uh, what is the reason for you to be a monk? And Bukhazat told, I became a monk in the name of the Buddha. I have heard his teaching. And I want to know his teaching and follow his teaching. Well, Buddha asked, have you seen this person called Buddha? He said, no, I have not seen Then he asked, if you were to see him, will you recognize him? No, I do not recognize him. Then the Buddha said, never mind, you can see him later tomorrow, but I also know a little bit of teaching, I can share with you. Then Buddha gave a discourse. This discourse is a very profound discourse because Bhukkusat is very highly intellectual person. To care for his intellectual level, the Buddha gave the discourse. The name of the discourse is Dhatu Vibhanga Sutta classification, analyzing of elements. And at the end of the discourse, Pukusati attained the first stage of enlightenment. And then he got down from his bed and knelt down in front of the Buddha and said, please forgive me for not recognizing you. And then only recognized that it was the Buddha, nobody else. Because this unique exposition of the teachings comes only from the Buddha. Nobody else. Nobody else. No one else can teach four noble truths. It's only the Buddha. So Pukusati, in this case, without knowing the Buddha, he heard the teachings, he became enlightened, then only he recognized the Buddha. So here lies the secret how to see the Buddha. Not through physical appearance, but through the Dhamma. We can see the Buddha only through the Dhamma, not any other way, not through the physical body, not by looking at his physical body we can see the Buddha. There's another discourse to prove this and to, to support this idea. This discourse is Vakkali Sutta. Vakkali was a Brahmin. And one day he happened to see the Buddha. The moment he saw the Buddha, he started to like the Buddha. Some sort of he like fell in love with the Buddha, somewhat like that. He started to like the Buddha, how he looked like, how he walked, how his peaceful appearance, so much attachment. But anyway, out of so much likeness towards the Buddha, and he thought the best way to be closer to him, look at the Buddha always, is to become a monk. Because if you become a monk, you can follow the Buddha and you can see him always. So, Vakkali became a monk. After even becoming a monk, he always preferred to spend time sitting nearer to the Buddha because he could always see the Buddha. But of course, this is nothing to do with the lust, but it's something kind of a devotion. He was so devoted and he became so happy and joyful just seeing the Buddha. So it nothing to do with the lust or any such kind of defilements, but simply devotion. After some time, Vakkali fell sick. Buddha visited him. Buddha went to where Vakkali was living. So Vakkali was trying to get up from his bed and 
with the sector, get up in the main wherever you are. Uh, I will take it somewhere else, then with the Tuxit, and Buddha asked few questions from him. He asked Bakkali, are you practicing well? Do you have any regret regarding your moral conduct? Are you keeping well with your precept? Bakkali said, yes, Venerable Sir, I do not have any regret regarding my conduct. I keep properly to my physical and mental and verbal conduct. I'm good in training in morality. Then he asked, do you have any regrets, anything? Then Wakkali said, yes, Lord, I have a lot of regrets. I was wanting to come and see you a long, long, long time, but I was sick. His body is so weak, I couldn't get up and come and see you. At that moment, Buddha said these words. Luckily, what is the point of looking at this body of mine, which is full of dirty things, which is full of filthy things? Buddha also was having a human body, after all. He also was having flesh and bones and all this what we are having. So he said, what is the point of looking at this body? It is not through looking at me, through physical body that you can see me, but it is through the Dhamma. And he said these words. Yo Dhamma Pasati so Mang Pasati. Yo Mang Pasati so Dhamma Pasati. Whoever sees the Dhamma, he sees me, the Buddha. Whoever sees the Buddha, sees the Dhamma. So this remarkable utterance of the Buddha, that you can see the Buddha through the Dhamma is the real way to see the Buddha. Buddha is the manifestation of the Dhamma. So it is only through the Dhamma we can see the Buddha. No any other way. So that is why some people, when they claim that even the Buddha has passed away to final Nibbana 2500 years back, even in modern society, there are remarkable human beings who can see the Buddha, means they can see the Dhamma clearly. Through the Dhamma, they can see the Buddha nature. Throughout 45 years, Buddha encouraged each and everyone to see the Buddha. So where is this hidden Buddha? Hidden Buddha is within you, not outside. I have seen some people are looking for hidden Buddhas among the clouds in the pictures. So you see, Bhante, can you see the Buddha? Buddha's face look like this, look like that. They see the Buddha's face among the clouds. Have you seen such pictures? Some people are trying to see the Buddha among the clouds. And some people are trying to see the Buddha in image. All these are only mental creation. The real Buddha can be seen only through the Dharma. There is no any other way. Throughout Mahaparinibbana, you may come across Buddha's encouraging the followers to practice the Dharma diligently. When Buddha was at Bedua village, he fell sick. He was almost dying. At that moment, the Buddha thought to himself, 
It is not proper for enlightened one to pass away without addressing the disciples. Then having thought so, he subdued his, he subdued his sickness through psychic power. Using his psychic abilities, he controlled his sickness, he subdued it, suppressed it, and overcame the difficulty and got up from the bed. And then he came out and sat under a tree. At that moment, Venerable Ananda approached the Buddha and said, Lord, I saw Lord was so sick. I thought the Lord will pass away very soon. But I had only one consolation. I thought the Lord will not pass away without without addressing the order, without telling the future of the order, without appointing anyone as a leader for the order. At that particular moment, Buddha uttered these words, Ananda, what is the order of monks and nuns expect from me? I have taught them the Dhamma very clearly, without keeping the teacher's fist without keeping any secret teachings. Nathananda tathavitesu dhammesu acharya bhutti. Ananda, there is no secret teachings in Tathagata's teaching. So here Dhamma is well expounded, well explained by the Buddha without hiding anything. So Dhamma is the way to see the Buddha. Those who practice the Dhamma, they will see the Buddha here and now. So within our mind, we have the Buddha nature. We have potential capacity to be awakened. Human beings, we are so powerful. Our mind is so brilliant. We have wonderful capacity to be awakened. But we need to train. The historical Buddha Sakyamuni has precisely told us how to find the hidden Buddha within us by following the Noble Eightfold Path. The Noble Eightfold Path that trains our mind, it trains our ethical, spiritual, intellectual faculties and eventually it produced necessary wisdom that can break through the delusion. We are the prisoners of our own thinking. Through our own feelings, perceptions, mental formations and consciousness with this body, we create our own prison. We attach to it. We are not liberated from it. As long as we have attachment to these five aggregates of clinging, then we are not free from suffering. So the Buddhist teaching leads to destroy this attachment. But the attachment is rooted in deep delusion. We need wisdom to break through the delusion. So noble eightfold path, this is the path that leads from dark to light. This is the path that leads from light to light. So each and every one of us, we have got this wonderful opportunity as human beings. 
We are human beings with wonderful capacities and our sense faculties are perfectly working. We are not crippled, dumb or blind. Our mind is in sound state. We are not mentally handicapped. It's a very rare opportunity that we have achieved as human beings. Human beings on this planet we are the most supreme and there is no one who can compare with the human being. We have the ability to do what we want. We are not birds but we can fly better than the eagles. We are not fish but we can swim better than the dolphins. We can go from one planet to another planet. This scientific and technological development is due to nothing but human mind. You can pick up your handphone and talk with someone who is on the other corner of the world. You can see anything that is happening everywhere in this world. But all this was possible because of human mind. So Buddha encouraged to use the human mind power to destroy the delusion and achieve enlightenment. He always encouraged to use this hidden power of the human mind for a wholesome cause, for the well-being and happiness of many. We do have the ability to destroy the whole planet. If the humankind were to use their mind to destroy the whole planet, that is possible. We have created nuclear weapons and we have tested some of these bombs in our second world war, the, 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 the war time in Japan, and we are still experiencing it. If humankind were to use these chemical weapons, the human civilization, including other living beings, can be wiped out from this planet. So Buddha, having understood the power of the human mind, he encouraged us to use the human power to find the hidden Buddha within us. We have the wonderful opportunity to do that. Why? Number one, we are human beings with such capacities. Number two, Kikcho Saddhamma Savana. The sublime teachings of the Buddha readily and easily available here and now. There was no time in human history like today where the Dhamma is easily available at your fingertips. You pick up your handphone and Google search. There are hundreds and thousands of discourses can be found. Where was such occasion? Where was such opportunity where Dhamma was easily available? There are hundreds and thousands of Dhamma talks in YouTube, in other social medias, you can, you, you can access the internet. You can reach to the Dhamma easily and readily and still pure teachings readily available. Even though this is not the time where Buddha lived, this is still the era of the Buddha. Kicho Buddhanangupado. Though Buddha has passed away, this is still the time of the Buddha. We can find the hidden Buddha within us. We have these wonderful opportunities. Dhamma is clearly available for all of us. We have achieved this rare human life and this is still the time of the Buddha. And what should be done by a wise disciples of the Buddha? Whenever wherever it is possible to refrain from all the kinds of evil, wicked, 
immoral type of action. What should be done by the wise disciples of the Buddha? Whenever, wherever it is possible, dedicate yourself to cultivate good, to cultivate virtue, uphold righteous principles. What should be done by the wise human beings as disciples of the Buddha? Dedicate yourself to purify the mind. Adopt meditation. Meditation is not optional if you are a Buddhist. If you are a true Buddhist, meditation is part of your practice. So in this way, friends, when we cultivate diligently, sooner or later, we will come to that point where we will have necessary conditioning to break through the delusion and find the hidden Buddha within us. Okay, this much is enough as a talk. Perhaps you might have some questions.
But according to the uh, Abhidharma teaching, they also recognize the heart as a center. But there are many other beliefs coming from many other religions as well. But from the Buddhist point of view, we cannot say that according to the suttas, what we can recognize is mentality and mathematics. No question means the online life. Okay, shall we put up on Sunday then? Friends, we have been enjoyed too. Today also having come to the Bhagavad Vihara, we have accumulated a lot of merits. We paid our homage to Triple Jews. We practiced with Dhanasati Bhavana. We listen to the sermons. The merits we acquired through this process, we have known the good devas. May the good devas rejoice over these merits. Having shared these merits, may the devas protect you, protect your loved ones, protect the dispensation of the Buddha. May the devas attain bliss of Nibbana. Our departed relatives and friends, wherever they are, may they all share these merits. Having shared these merits, may they be free from worries and sufferings. We will be happy. We all our departed loved ones attain bliss of the May the great blessings of the Buddha Dharma and Sangha be upon all of you. May all of your good wishes, good dreams come true. May there be peace and happiness in your life. May these merits be helpful to refrain from the evil, to cultivate the good, to follow the noble path of the Buddha and attain bliss of Nibbana. <laughs>